you're going to, you're going to get praised and you're going to get put up on a pedestal and then you're going to get knocked off the pedestal and they've built you up. So I think understanding, you know, what voices really matter, you know, your coaching staff, your peers on your team, you know, your parents, you know, those are the voices that are really going to matter. You want to boil us down to it. Welcome to 90% Mental and the In and Out of the Pocket podcast series with all-pro quarterback Jake the Snake Plumber and mental performance coach Grant Parr, where the mental game is discussed and discovered by the best quarterbacks and offensive-minded professionals in the business. From overcoming adversity, celebrating mental wins, to actionable mental skill strategies, and more, you'll learn how to mentally navigate in and out of the pocket. Today in the pocket, Jake and Grant sit down with Steve Lowe, the offensive coordinator for the number one ranked St. John Bosco High School football team, to discuss what it takes to develop the right mindset for a quarterback to lead and rise above the pressures of being in the spotlight. With over 18 years of coaching elite high school quarterbacks, Coach Lowe has designed a blueprint process that allows athletes to thrive mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Keep your eye out for Coach Lowe's latest talent, DJ Uwiyongalele, as he steps into the national spotlight at Clemson University. Ready List Sports is the future of sports playbooks, with its digitized integration of multiple learning styles that helps coaches teach better and players learn more efficiently. Engineered by former professional quarterbacks, ReadyList Sports' revolutionary play drawing tool will save coaches countless hours creating plays. ReadyList Sports also provides the players accessibility to study their playbooks using the ReadyList Sports app for iOS and Android. It's like having the playbook in your pocket. The best part of ReadyLists are the auto-generated tests the players take after studying that help ensure retention of your plays. Now let's all huddle up and go visit ReadyListSports.com. Welcome, everyone, to our very first episode of the In and Out of Pocket podcast with Jake the Snake Plumber and myself, Grant Parr, and we are excited to bring you incredible content and conversations and interviews with quarterbacks and offensive coordinators, quarterback coaches, and even head coaches to talk about the mental game. Yeah, this is going to be fun, Grant. I'm excited uh, to bring in some guests, all levels. Uh, I think everyone's a superstar at whatever level they're at. So from Hall of Fame coaches down to high school coaches, down to youth league coaches, we want to find out what what drives them mentally and how they uh, prepare their kids for the mental side of the game. And uh, in and out of the pocket stands for more than just mental side of the game. We're going to be in in the pocket, and then we're going to be out of the pocket. And you never know what can happen when you step out of the pocket. That's where I thrive. So we'll see where it goes. And uh, Super excited for today's guest. I'll let you go ahead and intro our, our guest. All right. All right. Well, uh, today we do have uh, Coach Steve Lowe, who is actually the offensive coordinator for St. John Bosco High School out of Bellflower, California, who is uh, not only the number one OC in the country, but his program is number one in the country. I've had actually the opportunity to coach side by side with Lowe, so I know his magic. I know how special he is as a coach and as a person. So we're really excited to have you on the on the show today, Coach. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I'm uh, excited to get 
talking about some ball and talk about the mental side of the game. Yes, you know, Steve, I'm uh, I'm excited. I know you and Grant go back. Uh, I've, I've gotten to know Patrick Walsh a little bit, who is your former head coach at Sarah High School before you came over to St. John's Bosco. Uh, what 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 I want to ask you, you know, har- let's harken back to Bilicek after they win the Super Bowl, you know, chanting no days off, no days off <laughs> and going a little bit crazy about, you know, football and like coaches. And, you know, I know coaches. I know how they're driven and, and what drives them to just succeed and keep going. And what I wanted to know and from your side of things, number one team in the country, state title in California, what do you do now? What's the, what's the preparation? What do you do for your players, for yourself mentally, um, you know, as a team? Can you just give us a little rundown of what you're up to right now? Yeah, so I think the, uh, the thing you have to do every single year is you really have to teach your, your process of you know, how to prepare for – you know, really a, a long season. I mean, and we started in, you know, pretty much spring ball in April and really didn't let up until, um, you know, almost right until Christmas break. So, I mean, you're talking about six months where the guys are doing football-like activities and it's a long grinding season. So you really do have to stress and, and teach how to prepare yourself and how to how to get that process to fall along so you have steps that you can you know actually focus on to to get yourself ready mentally physically spiritually for for a really long and taxing season so you know we're, we're back in the weight room and uh, um, quarterback wise we're starting our meetings and kind of going back to quarterback school basic one-on-one stuff to where we're trying to teach the kids a game and how to process this information as a quarterback but um we, we really have to start back at at the foundational level especially you know when a new crop of guys come in and kids graduate, you know, you, you really do have to, to make sure you, you get the foundation laid so that they're set up for success down in the future. And coach, what are you doing right now? As far as, you know, you have the best quarterback or had the best quarterback in the nation. And obviously he's moved on. He's gone to uh, university of Clemson right now. What are you doing right now to, to backfill those huge shoes? Well, anytime you lose a, a player of DJ's caliber, um, you, you just don't find a replacement that's going to fill in, you know, you know, one for one there. It's just, uh, you know, as an offense, we're going to have to pick up the slack at every position and, you know, every position is going to have to raise their, their level of play and, and, and carry the load. But, um, you know, for the quarterback position and, and, and him stepping in, you know, whoever it may be stepping in after DJ, um, you know, they're just going to have to, just focus on doing their job and, and really my job right now is just to teach them and, and push as much information into their head as possible to where they have the tools to succeed when, when it's their turn to, to shine that, that they actually have the reps, the practice, the time spent, you know, film study and, you know, preparing their body to, to get ready for, you know, game one. So, you know, it's not going to be easy and, and, you know, it just, you just can't replace someone that's as special as, as the quarterback that we just had, you know, graduate and move on. But, you know, our job is basically to prepare the next person up, up to at least do their part of the job and, and to carry, you know, that legacy on and, and take a lot of the stuff that DJ left as a legacy and take that good stuff and, and move down on to the next kid. What, what was it that made DJ so special coach? I know mentally you're obviously preparing these guys. You start, you're starting in January. I mean, we the Cardinals for six years in the league. We we were out of the playoffs almost every year, you know. So January we hit. It was golf season. Uh, you get out golf, get away from football. I mean, I'd start working out again in February. 
the middle side, you know, wouldn't really start till we got uh, figure out who the new OC was or whatever OC was stuck around. What made DJ, obviously you got them prepared in the off season. What made him so special when, you know, he left your side and was now out on the field and now he's out there doing his thing. What was it to set him apart? Well, I think the number one thing that, that makes him so special is that, you know, he has all the physical gifts in the world. He's, I mean, six five, two hundred forty-five pounds. Damn. Can run, you know, can run. Can he has has a cannon attached to his to his shoulder? I mean, he throws like a ninety-four mile an hour fastball. I mean, all the Ooh. physical talents are, are obviously all there. But really, really separated him was just his humility and just his his willingness to to never be satisfied. I mean, you know, usually you get a kid and you know, maybe they've they've always been the most talented, the biggest on, on the field, and sometimes you don't necessarily have the work ethic or the attitude that kind of goes with, you know, the talent that they have. But, you know, DJ really did have, you know, I mean, you, you wouldn't realize, you know, what accolades and the things that he's done based on how he carries himself, the questions that he would ask, his constant hunger to learn more and to perfect his craft and to get better. So that's the part, you know, you take five-star talent and then you, you have the work ethic, the attitude, um, you know, he was a great teammate. Guys wanted to play for him. Guys wanted to, you know, linemen were, you know, they, they would literally break their faces to to keep people off of him. I mean, he kind really of guy was. Linemen uh, go help up if they give up a sack. Ex- go help exactly. him up, not just uh, walk over him. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, that, that's what made him so special. You, you lose a, a person like that and, and someone really galvanized our, our team and our offense. It's uh it's going to be tough to replace, but that's what really made him so special is just the fact that you wouldn't realize he was a superstar that he was and all that stuff just by, you know, he was the first one to, to accept blame and deflect, you know, positive things on his teammates. So you're on the search for a tone setter, another tone oh, setter yeah. there. Yeah, man. All right. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, every, every successful team starts off with the quarterback. I mean, you know, the, the, the reason why they get all the blame and all that stuff is because how much responsibility they have, uh, you know, going through their hands every play. You know, you know, coach, you talk about, you know, DJ strengths and, you know, and I've, you know, obviously I've had a chance to, to coach with you and you've had the opportunity to coach incredible quarterbacks. I mean, we're talking Lecky Nunn, uh, Luke Batari. When you think of those quarterbacks, also DJ, like, is there a, a special ingredient from a mindset standpoint that you see or a similarity that you see amongst those elite quarterbacks that you've coached? Yeah, I think the, the 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 one common thread between all of them is just their ability to to deal with adversity. I mean, the quarterback position, so much of so much of, of your, your whole journey and your career is gonna have to you're gonna get knocked on your butt, you're gonna get knocked down, you're you're gonna go through rough you know, rough moments or even in within a game, the emotions of the game and how things can go up and down. Um, I think the, the the ones that separate themselves out are are the ones that can really handle when things don't go right. And yeah, I think that goes back to just training kids and how to, how to process information and how to, how to handle themselves emotionally when, when things don't go their way. And um, I think giving them tangible things to, to work on. And when guys really take to that, I, I think they're able to really separate themselves out because I don't care what level you're playing at. And you, you just, things aren't going to be pretty. I mean, football is a violent, chaotic game and, Anytime you take 11 people that are angry at you and they're coming to pretty much kick your face in and you still have to operate and do your job, you know, you're going to have to deal with some adversity. And those that, that deal with it well typically separate themselves out. 
Do you have, do you, do you feel coach that as these young kids, I mean, a, a school like St. John's Bosco, obviously people focus on that. You're, you're top in the country every year. You're turning out quarterbacks that are going to Clemson. I mean, good Lord, you guys are the focus of a lot of football interested people, media, whatever in today's world. Uh, you know, for me, when I played in high school, you know, you have a bad game, you come back to school the next day or the next week. You know, some of the students might have been at the game, but the rest of them, they didn't really even know. But today, everyone now is kind of their own little media outlet. They can write whatever they want, post things, talk about the quarterback, talk about the team. How do you help your kids, you know, understand that and deal with social media and the pressures that, that can fall on a kid from just his peers? And that's definitely a reality, and especially where we're at being in L.A. and, and just being in a huge media market and literally just there, there's every single week there's a different camera or something else, you know, drawing attention to our program or to DJ. And I think the most important thing you have to, to teach the kids because, you know, they're going through all this and they're getting exposed to all of it. So you really have to focus on, you know, what voices and what things really matter because you're never as good or you're never as bad as people say you are. Yeah. Um, you're going to you're going to get praised and you're going to get put up on a pedestal and then you're going to get knocked off the pedestal when they've built you up. So I think understanding, you know, what voices really matter, you know, your coaching staff, your peers on your team, you know, your parents, you know, those are the voices that are really going to matter You when it boils down to it. I mean, I always tell our guys, I mean, in a game, it's just, you know, you, you'll have the best performance in your life on the field and you'll go back and, and watch film and be like, oh, my gosh, like, that's <laughs> As I initially thought, or you know, you're gonna you're gonna throw you're gonna throw a couple bad balls, and you maybe some of the guys gonna drop it, or things don't go your way, and you go back into filming, and like, okay, if we just fix these couple things, well, we'll be all right. So, sure. I think I think more of it is just blocking out a lot of that stuff that that's irrelevant because it's just white noise when it boils down to it. None of that, none of the opinions, none of the the views are gonna affect how your future performance is gonna work. So, you know, if it doesn't affect your future performance, we'll block that stuff out because people are always going to have their opinion and you can't change that. All you can really do is focus on the things that you can control and the things that are, are within, you know, your responsibility, uh, you know, to your, to yourself and to your teammates. Amen, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I want to bring up mental toughness because I know that, you know, we, everybody on this call right now, we, we, we hear that word a lot and have heard this word a lot, mental toughness. And so, and within your system, coach, you know, your quarterbacks not only have to be mentally tough, they have to be physically tough. I mean, you're you're running the spread offense, you're doing RPO. When you think about mental toughness, do you do you think that's something that you can teach or do you think that's something that these quarterbacks just have, they're just innately born with this mental toughness? I mean, I think uh, the sliding scale of mental toughness, I think you're, you're, you're kind of raising your environment, you're kind of product of your environment. Um, so I, I still think it's something that, you can nurture and you can bring along, you know, now is every kid going to be as tough, uh, you know, with the same approach. No, that's kind of the challenge of, of coaching with especially high school kids. It's just, you know, you're getting kids from all different dynamics, social, economic, you know, racial, fa- you know, family backgrounds. So, you know, really it's just getting to know the kids and figuring out how they tick. And then I think you can, I honestly think you can, you know, because I, I think what, what you expect and what you demand out of your kids is typically what you're going to get. And if you allow your kids to not be mentally tough, well, they're, they're not. But if, if you demand that out of them and you constantly remind them of the ways they can do it and what it means and, you know, what it looks like and you, you hold them to that, I, th- I think you, 
you can shape them to get, get more like what you're looking for for the mental toughness side. With you know, with the pressures on the game changing as far as you know, there's uh, I can't recall what team it is back a, a Ivy League team that doesn't even put pads on for practice. They limit all their practice. You know, I think you know when you talk mental toughness, it's it's one thing to be you know to get trained to be mentally tough. You build that through getting physical too and pushing these kids past their to their breaking point, maybe past it. How do you handle that in the, in the world today where Gosh, if you go too hard and one kid, you know, complains or has something happen, you can be in a lot of trouble for maybe being too much of a hard ass. So how do you handle that as far as because I believe mental toughness can be built in a lot of different ways. And one of those says, yo, you got to do this. You're tired. Let's go. We still got to do this. Um, I, I agree. I think, uh, you know, the, the number one way we, we build mental toughness is, is in our offseason program. I mean, to to show up every single day and to really push your body past where you think you have limits, I think is a huge first step. And especially in a high school kid's career of like, wow, I can actually do a lot more than I initially thought. You know, a lot of times, you know, I, I call it the 40% rule, but Navy SEALs always talk about, you know, when, when you're tired, you know, and, and you think you're done, well, you really probably have about 40% more in the tank before <laughs> your body truly is going to tap out. So, I mean, we try to really preach that in, in, in the way we approach the weight room and, and how we, we push our guys in there. And, um, you know, we don't bang like crazy uh, at practice. I mean, we do get a couple of days where we do get physical. But, I mean, as most quarterbacks with, you know, green or red jerseys or whatever opposite color jersey you are, they fill those on. They're kind of untouchable. It's a, You know, you have to build it sometimes in other ways. And a lot of it is just, you know, you're going to, you're going to hold kids accountable to, okay, you're, you're going to say you're going to do something. We'll hold them to it and hold them accountable to it. And I think, you know, just setting goals and putting things on, on paper and saying what you want to do and actually taking the steps to move forward to that and holding them accountable to that, those actions, I think builds a lot of mental toughness because mental toughness, I don't think always is, you know, run to that brick wall as hard as possible and, no. That's the only way you're going to show me you're tough. You know, that's, I mean, it's not the smartest thing. And that's kind of what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. the old, hey, we're going to all, all suit out of our minds here. But, you know, a lot of it is just, you know, if you're going to say you're going to do something, you know, see through it. See yeah. Through and it having, and having a tone setter help you establish that level of work, whether it's the day before a game, two weeks before a game, or in the off season, like tomorrow, if you start workouts, who's going to lead that? Who's going to step up and push the everyone around them to not have a lazy half-assed day. Let's all go hard for here. Yeah. My, my high school basketball coach, uh, a legend here in Boise, Charlie Henry, he was a hard ass. And, uh, you know, one thing he told me that stuck with me when I would be dog ass tired, I was the guy who played defense. I had to guard everybody that was the best scorer in the, on the other team and I'd get tired. So in practice I said, coach, I'm tired. And he'd say, you know, your feet don't get tired. They can't think it's your head. Your brain can tell your feet, no, you got 40% left in there. You better shut down the baseline when that dude drives. So I learned a lot from him just how to become mentally tough, to shut out those demons, to shut out that voice that says, oh, I'm tired. I want some water. Let me have a break. No, you got to shut it out. So I love that. I'm definitely still out one. <laughs> there you go, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. your feet don't get tired. I mean, that's the thing, power of the mind. And I think that's what this podcast is is about, is trying to find – little tricks of the trade and sayings and things that you can do to help 
enhance that mental side of the game because it is 90% mental as Grant is the man behind that. You know, it, it definitely is. Um, do you have any, any real quick before you have something, Grant, I'm sure. Do you have any favorite, you know, mon- mantras or, or quotes or anything that you might use to, to keep the guys motivated? You know, as some mantras are super corny and, and competitive and, oh God, you've heard that, but do you have any of your own little special sayings that you use to get the kids going that maybe make them laugh or be inspired? Uh, we always talk about we always joke about the little man in your head. <laughs> there you go. That's the, the little, little man tells you your feet are tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the little man in your head, man. He he always uh you know he, he's always gonna try to try to pull you out. <laughs> I like that. I love it. <laughs> I love it. What about leadership? I mean, I know, I know that you know you're at the position that you actually focus on on the quarterback. You know, you're looking for leadership qualities. What kind of qualities do you look for? when you're looking for a quarterback? Um, you, you know, it's, it's very different from situation, situation to situation. And, and a lot of times with, with younger with high school kids, especially when you get them as freshmen and sophomores, they, they don't really, they've never been in a situation where they've had to show some of those qualities of, of leadership. I mean, you, you really do have to consciously work on teaching them how to lead and how to, how to sh- how to set the example? You know, uh, one thing we talk about is you know constant communication with with your teammates. And a good leader, you know, does a great job always of setting the expectation, talking about what they want, and holding people accountable to it. And throughout the whole process, if you're not doing everything you've demanded from your teammates, then that's not going to work. You say something, you better be ten times better than everyone else that you're asking from. You know, whatever it is you're asking. So um, offensively for our quarterbacks, like one thing we, we constantly do is there's got to be constant communication with your offensive line and, and receivers and running backs. I mean, if you throw a pass and a receiver's slightly out of position, well, go talk to them right now. Go tell them what you want. Go tell them what you're looking for. We've cleared through all these meetings of what the expectation is of the routes. Well, that's how you hold people accountable. Tell them what you're looking for and then demand that from them for the next route that they take so that you know, that's how you lead. You, you lead from – you, you lead by serving your teammates. You lead by, by you know, helping people. I think that's, that's to go back to, I think the major quality I would say for someone that cares about the, the people that they're, they're playing with. You can't lead with, you know, being a, a turd. I don't think so. You have to be something that was genuine and someone that cares about, you know, your teammates. I think that's, that's kind of the first step. Totally. And, you know, I'm going to bring up uh, a player that you, you coached in the past, uh, Lucky Nunn. How beautiful was it to see his trajectory as a leader? I mean, as someone who is obviously incredible athlete, was very quiet, and then as he blossomed into his senior year, from your perspective, how beautiful is it to see someone kind of blossom in, into a leader, especially the leader that he blossomed into? I think that's one of the things I always enjoy about, about coaching is just seeing the progress and seeing people rise up and overcome. You know, he, he comes from a pretty pretty rough background too. I mean, he's had a lot of adversity in his life, and and to see just where he was able to go with his uh, his career and tenure in high school uh, was really amazing. But you know, going back to it, I think um, you know when you're going through that process and and going through that learning curve, I, I think um, you know just trying to stay consistent with the guys and and seeing them, you know, consistently keep trying to improve and get better. That's the part that. I really enjoy and love to see coach. Do you encourage your players to, to play other sports, to go play 
I know DJ is a baseball player, can get might get drafted highly uh, as, as a baseball player, but all your other players, I mean, I, do you encourage them if they can't make varsity basketball, you know, okay, go out and be active, play hoops, do something else besides just football-specific drills? Uh, I think so. I mean, I, I think still you're still a high school student, and your, your body – it sh- your high school body should not be going to play one sport the entire season, yeah. entire year. I mean, I think you're seeing it a lot with like AAU basketball and baseball and some of those other sports. And guys are just, you know, pitching year round and blowing their shoulders out when they're 14. It's like, how's it happening? You know, so I think for us, we, we preach for our guys to go play other sports and, you know, go away, go, go compete, go do something else that's different. You know, I think you could take lessons and a lot of things from other sports that, that you wouldn't necessarily get by just, just training and just lifting. And then for the guys that aren't doing anything, well, let's jump in the weight room. Let's get big. Let's do something. So you're not just sitting around for, uh, you know, six months, not doing anything. And all of a sudden trying to expect your body to, to be ready for a football season. So we want our guys doing something, you know, whatever that may be. I mean, if you want to jump into another sport or if you're not, you know, you should be training with us and, and preparing your body and preparing your mind for, for the next season. That's awesome. Hey, real, real quick. I, I don't know if you know, you know, what I've been involved in is trying to grow, and build, you know, really the most robust, uh, complete playbook tool that helps, uh, you know, your you as a coach uh, facilitate that the playbook, but to teach in multiple learning styles. How do you facilitate that now? Because I know some kids learn differently. All kids learn differently, and and whatever way that is, whether it's auditory or visual or or walkthroughs or tactile. How do you accommodate that now, and, and help and hope to put your guys in the best position to learn? Well, we try to do it, and uh, like you said, in many different ways as possible. So um, our entire playbook is on Huddle, and we, we pretty much put you know, a diagram of the play. We write down the rules for the play so that guys can see it, they can read it. Um, we'll put video clips of the play in each progression of the read uh, right after you know, the, the diagram and the rules. So that yeah. kids will see, all right, this is the window that you've thrown to for your first progression, second, and so on and so forth. Um, and from that point, uh, when we do like our on the field work, we'll walk through a lot of concepts to really make sure that, you know, we, they really know what they're looking at, what their read is, what their footwork is, you know, what part of your drop or your footwork should you be working your eyes to, to the next spot? You know, what windows would it look like on the field to actually trigger that throw and, and to, to put it into that first read or second read? Um, we go through things and we go through spot throws where we just keep hitting the locations that we're anticipating for guys to go to, we run routes on air, um, jump into like half line and seven on seven drills, and finally full on team drills. We film a lot of stuff and we go back through. And I think that's that's where you know, teaching kids how to study. We take reps of seven on seven. Um, when guys aren't in, they're going to hang out in the back and basically go through their mental read. Um, and after you know, quarterback throws it, what would the second, third, fourth window look like if I would have, you know? not throwing that first progression. That's kind of some of the ways that we go through and try to get, you know, as many reps as possible. Not the mental, not just the, the physical, but the mental side too as well. So that, you know, you're trying to process that read and get as many chances as possible to see as live of a picture as possible. Gotcha. That's a, that's a lot to get done in a little amount of time, but I, I, <laughs> your efforts and, uh, yeah. I, I'd have to put you on the spot. Maybe one day be able to show you what we got just because you're such a, cutting edge coach that, that, that knows how kids learn. We'd love to just get your opinion on our product to see, make sure we're going down the right path, but uh, lots of work to get always, done, man. I'm always looking to learn too. So, I mean, cool. I'm definitely, uh, definitely interested. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna jump out of the pocket real quick, Grant, because yeah. uh, I heard a little something about you that uh, coach that um, Grant told me that you're a big Chick Fil A fan. Uh, you like to crush a little Chick Fil A, but I saw something that said there was 1.3 billion wings will be eaten this Sunday during the Super Bowl. So two questions: How many wings are you gonna eat, and then who are you going with to to win the Super Bowl? Okay. So the wings, I mean, I'm crushing all day. It's uh, it, all day, all day. Uh, it, What's uh, your favorite flavor then? Just the traditional, or do you do barbecue or teriyaki feel, or curry or what? Oh, I'm I'm an equal opportunity, uh, you know, chicken uh, connoisseur. So I mean, I'll, I'll take anything, but I mean, a good old traditional wing can't go wrong there. Yeah, yeah, cool. And then you know, I, I'm born and raised in the Bay Area, so I mean, I I have I have to go with I have to go with Niners. I mean, that's uh. That's my team, so gotcha. uh, that's that's my pick. I mean, they, they've just been so consistent all year, and I mean, I, I know Kansas City's just so explosive on offense and the things they're doing. You know, they're doing some pretty innovative stuff and and blowing you know the scoreboard out. But they're I, so I think uh, right now they're oh just like, like no one can stop us. Let's go. Yeah. Let's lose 15 yards on two plays and it's third and 40. Who cares? Let's go get a first yeah. down. Yeah, Beautiful I love thing. it. I, I love the way you know Patrick Mahomes plays, and I mean he's out the pocket slinging things sideways and no look passes and stuff. Yeah, I mean watching Tyreek Hill and the tight ends go off. I mean it's it's a pretty scary offense, but um, <laughs> it's amazing to see what the Niners have done just in a short period of time. I mean they drafted incredibly well, and you know their front seven is stupid good right now. They can get pressure without even have to send in a lot of blitz or anything yeah. like that. And you know the run game is solid, and it puts Garoppolo on favorable situations and it should be interesting because it's a kind of a the playing styles are a little uh little polar opposite so it should be an interesting dynamic this Sunday yes sir it'd be a good game I'm going with the Chiefs because it anybody <laughs> who goes against the homes is crazy right now he's just too good right yeah. now yeah uh, I, I, I hear you on that one I'm going Chiefs too I I mean I live in the city I live in San Francisco but uh there's just something that tells me that can't stop Mahomes and and company there. It just it's just yep. too too high powered. But coach man, what, we want to thank you for uh, your time and uh, and thank you for your energy and just sharing your thoughts on all these different topics, man. And uh, and thank you again and and good luck in the upcoming season. And uh, if there's anything that Jake and I can do for you, we're here for you, man. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on and uh, look forward to seeing where this podcast goes in the future. I'll definitely be listening. Hey, thanks, Steve. I appreciate your time, man. And uh, if I make it down to L.A., I'll let you know. I'll come out there and sling it with your QBs a little bit. Oh, can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, man. Well, enjoy your wings and the Super Bowl Sunday. And, uh, again, thanks for coming on the show, man. We appreciate it. All right. Right on, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. Woo!